Yep, Ira Glass uses Pocket Cast apparently. Nice. And of course, he's the ultimate authority in everything recorded audio. Or that's just what he'll say. He'll do it for the glass. <laughs> he gets paid in glass. <laughs> he gets paid in glass? <laughs> yeah. Just little chunks. <laughs> yeah. How many shards will you do this for? <laughs> A little known story, little known fact about Ivor Glass is, you know, uh, he, he, was, uh, he was a stained glass window and uh somebody somebody shattered him and shattered him into a million parts and he does podcasts for a new for part of his old sh- part of his old self back every week yeah he's been hoping for a brave hero to stumble across him and recollect reunite the seven yeah. shards the seven shards of iron glass <laughs> the seven shards of iron glass were fl- flung to the four corners of the globe this is a story about the hunt for the shards of shards of iron glass in two parts <laughs> act one from four corners <laughs> this is This American Life. Stay with us. Long ago in a distant land. everybody good morning once again to saturday morning tuesdays the adult podcast about children's cartoons i'm austin i'm rory i'm andy and today uh just want to get this right off the top before any shenanigans sort of you know before we let the let the chickens out of the pen and things go go crazy uh want to announce our our special guest today we have an awesome returning guest and that's david lloyd hello david hey thanks for having me and you missed the chance to say things go cuckoo oh, oh yeah fuck. Oh my god. Cause, well, Cause David has brought a box of cocoa puffs for everybody. <laughs> Look under your seat. He's like the Oprah of cocoa puffs. I have. <laughs> Social distancing though, you guys gotta get him from six, six feet, feet away. away. I'll toss him to your mouth. Right, I'll roll yeah. him to you. I'll roll you yeah. one cocoa puff a time. Uh but we we really do have cocoa puffs for you. You just gotta come here and get them from David. So anyone listening, go get them from David. But listen, listen up, people. This is not, not the most cuckoo part of this episode. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, because brother. look, because we have we actually have a full theme. We have a full theme this episode. We have another high concept theme um, oh. that I've, I've been inspired by Rory. And I think our theme for this episode is that we're we're hitting the big top. We have come to the circus, but <laughs> we came on the wrong day and none of the circus people are here. So oh, we're, God. We, we we're still alone in a circus. Getting them to yeah, get into Rory, trouble. Rory read the wrong times and told us to come to the circus. And now we're just here. And, you know, the big the ring, the ringmaster is just kind of hanging out. He doesn't have his cool jacket on and he looks weird without it. And yeah, uh, he, he's, he feels like we should leave. But, you know, he's letting <laughs> us kind of sit around. Now, I want to ask because you've put you've put the you put the impetus on me. This is my fault. We're at the bad circus. Uh, <laughs> and you said I read the wrong time. What's the. What time do you think that is? What time? T- tell me the time of the day that's bad for the circus. Well, the most circus time is is four thirty in the afternoon. And okay, you know, uh, did, when did I say we should come? Well, we we are here at four thirty, but it's in the morning and it's a week a week late. Oh, I see. It's what it, but but they're still here. They're yeah, they're still. Up. Yeah, they're just packing up. Yeah, yeah. The tent is still uh, set up. Right. Got just it. You, okay. I, uh, yeah, I feel really uncomfortable. Like we shouldn't be here, but we, mm-hmm. we are. And I guess we're going to keep looking around. 
Uh, yeah. I see elephant just smoking a pack of cigarettes at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things we can do for fun while we are sitting here uh, waiting for uh, uh, maybe waiting some for sort the of show bespoke, to start. Yeah, some kind of bespoke show that they awkwardly <laughs> are going to like slap together. Um, because I cried a lot, and so they feel bad. But, um, uh, is we can watch uh, two episodes of Jackie Chan Adventures and continue mm. our, oh, new arc I see how of that, watching I see how Jackie these Chan two Adventures come together. These two kind of these two things uh-huh. start to start to yes. blend together so we'll in the big time. We'll cr- we'll crowd around Andy's smartphone and mm-hmm. we'll watch uh, two episodes of Jackie Chan Adventures uh, because we're having a great time. Now, first, before we dive right into these episodes, David, uh, can you talk a little bit about your uh, experience with JCA? Uh, yeah, I was actually a huge fan because this was the year 2000 when like everything was cool in my life. Um, so <laughs> I, if I did, I did watch it as it aired. Um, cool. And yeah, um, and I kind of I kind of stopped watching after the second season. Um, and there I kind of tuned in like much, much later. Um, but first season, I was like a super fan. Um, mm-hmm. so I was, I was really excited when you guys invited me for this one. Um, I like yeah. how in your list of things that are going great in your life for the year 2000, Jackie Chan adventures ranks up there and let's not forget <laughs> Jackie Chan adventures is on the TV. So you could say my life was going pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say, I, dude, that was in sixth grade. I was a pretty lonely kid then. <laughs> Oh, it was sarcastic, and now I feel bad for raw dogging you like that. <laughs> no, 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 I'm I mean, saying could... it actually was a pretty legit time. Sitting for oh, it, it was a good sits... lonely. It was just me and exactly. Jackie. <laughs> no one was watching what Jackie and I were up to on Saturday mornings at Kids WB. Pretty much. I'm pretty sure Pokemon was on during the same like same like yes. you know sequence of shows. I, uh, I I remember my my parents were definitely like freaked out by how early i wanted to make sure i was awake on saturdays once i got into pokemon because i think they would air the new episodes of pokemon twice in the morning and the in the block of kids wb but the first time was at like six and then they'd air it again at like 10 but in between those airings they'd have things like this and shaolin showdown and like all these other weird little tryout shows uh that i just watched because i was already up and sitting on the couch and this yeah i feel like i lucked into this one yeah pokemon was like a cash cow and they just kind of like filled every slot that was missing with more pokemon (laughs) (laughs) my sort of i i i'm surprised i haven't ever mentioned it on our show about saturday morning cartoons uh I think part of my love affair with it was that I was, for a really long time, uh, a really early riser as a kid. And uh, there's just nothing to fucking do between when you get up at six in the morning and when school starts at nine. It's just like three (laughs) hours of nothing. And like Saturday was the only day where like shit's on TV. Like there's like there. And I was I was head over heels to like just not be bored out of my fucking gourd because you can't go play at six in the morning. You can't, there's, no. you know, it's all weird. It's weird morning shows. Fox and Friends are on TV. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's kind of the worst three hours to be a child and awake. You uh, excitedly it, turn on the TV and just like, the Dow Jones jumped 45 <laughs> points. And, no, oh the boy. only thing that, uh, that, like, in on a weekday, the only reason that television before school would be interesting is when I'd wake up and it had kind of like started snowing and we had the, the news on to find out if they closed our district. That's the only time I can remember watching TV before school. On Saturdays, though. Saturdays are king. So, okay, so we, we should talk about this briefly before we before we jump in, dive in, do the thing. Uh, we 
have skipped some episodes. So the first last week we watched episodes one and two, and this week we watched episodes six and eight. And I want to say that we didn't miss anything because in a in a in a world where this is a pretty episodic show where we do a talisman an episode, it's not so crucial that you see absolutely everyone. Uh, I picked a couple good ones. I like these ones in my memory, but we missed them getting the ox, the snake, the rabbit, and the dragon talismans in the episodes that we've skipped so far. Uh, David, I don't know. You you said you rewatched this show like a year ago. Like a year uh, ago, yeah. You remember you remember those because like was a few there's a few of those the couple of interesting characters that we meet that show up like every season like El Toro Fuerte and yeah uh, and, they do and they don't reference bit. other episodes too often but like it's usually like you know in a culmination episode or like a final battle of some kind you know everyone kind of comes together and all yeah, the all lore the friends you got kind of because kinda the, the all, real talismans were the matter. friends we met along the way pretty much um, um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so we met we met uh, a a wrestler named a lucha wrestler named El Toro Fuerte and his like devoted fan Paco. Uh, we met a lady thief named the Viper, and uh, but other other they're not going to show up again this season, so it's not really a big deal. So uh, yeah, so we watched episodes six and eight, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Uh, well, should we dive right in? No. <gasps> Yeah. All right, guys, we can all go home now. <laughs> I just for once, Stop one time, in my, I just want to not dive. Like, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't actually want to make a big deal out of this. It's just I feel like I feel like I'm a crazy person that I feel like you've gaslit me into accepting the diving, and I don't appreciate it. Let's uh, let's not dive right in, and let's watch Andy just sort of walk slowly, slowly melt down, <laughs> walk slowly around the circus ring, <laughs> right in. <laughs> Right. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad that we're all still here crowded around my little tiny phone in an empty big top while Carney's stare at us uncomfortably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they started playing the music because they pitied us. We have Carney's pitying us because we're, we, we showed up and we just have these tickets and we're crying. Well, at the very uh, least, the clowns are doing like miming crying. They're they're. <laughs> fists are up to their eyes and they're twisting them a little bit like i can't like, tell if it's condescending or if they're actually yeah. like ha- like having solidarity with us and how sad yeah because the tears are painted on their face so it's hard to see <laughs> <laughs> what's going on there uh so this is so the first episode we watched of jackie chan adventures is episode six it is called project a for astral and here's a description of what goes down in this episode Jade accidentally uses the sheep talisman to astrally project herself and has her body stolen by the demon Shendu so that he can enter section 13 and receive, retrieve the talismans from the vault and free his true form. Shendu ends up getting a free trip to Moose World, which is not what they call it, right? That's not it's what Melvin it's called. Yeah, that's, that's not the name at all. Come on, Wikipedia. A free trip to uh. Melvin World with Captain Black, giving Jade the chance to reclaim her body by entering Jackie's dreams. Ooh, this yeah. was a super cool episode. This was yeah. fun. I, I really This is the one it. that I remember. I wanted to make sure we watch this because when I think about Jackie Chan, for whatever reason, this is the one that stuck in my head the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of things I appreciated about this one, just from a writing standpoint, too. Just it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah i i really like uh i i don't know i'm into body swap stuff if it's done well uh my tinder profile <laughs> <laughs> I, I i can interpret that a bunch of different ways andy yeah <laughs> i'm in the swap play so uh i hope you're on the same level with me yeah, um, actually it's, project. It's, it's funny like um i I usually hate like um, imposter drama kind of storylines where like, uh-huh. you know, the drama is just like, oh, this person's an imposter and is going to trick everyone kind of thing. I usually hate that as a plot device. And um, I thought they pulled it off in a really funny way in this one. Yeah. 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 Because it's, I think it, the, the, the drama, the, they don't linger on the part that's kind of the most annoying about those stories, right? Because they spend so mm-hmm. long sort of having like no, you don't believe me. And like, oh my gosh. And then like, maybe they, they like the new version better or like, I don't know. We just, we linger so long in that moment that it kind of overstays its welcome. And in this episode, no. Yeah. Just the shitty drama of the whole thing is, is how it usually lingers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This one gets to the fun really quick. Yeah. yeah and a lot like the uh, DuckTales episode we just watched recently, uh, that was also a body swap mm-hmm. that was done really well and where it again, it didn't linger so long and it just kind of got to the farcical elements of it. And this went a, a different direction because, you know, it was sort of a fundamentally different structure. But yeah, they spent a lot of time just kind of reveling in the fun of the situational comedy of of an ancient dragon demon sorcerer being stuck in the body of like a 12 year old or whatever yeah. like at a, at a at a disney like a yeah a sort of skipping ahead a little bit but the the yeah. scene where shendu tries to fight jackie in uh in jade's body is pretty funny it's yeah funny. yeah yeah <laughs> which is which, it's great because of course she's just a little kid like she can't do anything he doesn't have any of his powers in there it's just hanging out with a with captain black who doesn't believe in magic at all he's just yeah <laughs> trying to play along and and uh-huh. that's the one I guess, that's the one part about this whole setup that i don't necessarily love and i think they play it a few times over the course of season one but like captain black is literally collecting these talismans and fighting the dark hand, but it, he still has this like dogged skepticism about all the magic stuff. And, yeah. the, and, the, sh- and the show uses contrivance to hide it from his it's, eyes too. It's, <laughs> it's this weird sort of like every, every dynamic after the X-Files met was like, there has to be a believer and a skeptic mm-hmm. for yes. these, for like shows where there's sci-fi or magical elements. <laughs> I don't really know why it took such a strong hold on pop culture, but, uh, but by did. episode two of the X-Files, that doesn't really work anymore. You know, like, <laughs> like essentially like, you know, uh, the, the skepticism doesn't really, once you're in a magical world and shit is going wild day after day, Captain Black <laughs> in this case is just like, I don't think that's, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, you need to actually believe this because mm-hmm. it, it keeps happening. Cause you're in charge of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're actually in a like when they position. put Mike Pence in charge of the coronavirus. <laughs> oh. Did things just get a little political in this circumstance? <laughs> oh, the clowns don't like that. The oh, boy. oh no, we, those clowns did not the, like that. Joe. Literally, the clowns in and out of Congress. <laughs> well, we ended up in a really, uh, a really notoriously right wing circus. Uh, no, um, more like Koch brothers circus instead of Ringling. Ringling, but, okay. Is that anything? Okay. I want you to um, say the joke again, and maybe it'll be funnier the second time. Oh, don't. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Boy, no. Oh, no. Do you now feel I've the shame now? I've got a pie in my face. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, okay, so the, this one this one starts. This one is about the sheep talisman, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and we get a we get a quick little sequence at the beginning where Jackie's stealing it off of a train, um, and some sort of like intense train action sequence that we you know I guess the the, the show sort of feels like it needs to start with a bang. And uh, yeah, I, I think it was kind of fun, but it's more maybe what Rory was complaining about last week, where Jackie Chan is a literal superhero. They this time at least played it to a cup like at least one interesting really one interesting scene uh that i really enjoyed now that now that they're kind of embracing the uh the uh the sort of magicalness of jackie chan uh <laughs> where he's he's literally running up a train as it falls as it falls it plummets into the into into a chasm and uh and then it cuts away and we just get the goons reacting for a really long time <laughs> as we hear Jackie go like, Whoa! <laughs> it's really funny. And then one of them says, no way he's human. <laughs> so this whole sequence was actually going to be my one critique of the episode until the episode itself kind of did something with it. Um, because we, in the space of about 30 seconds, uh, Jackie goes from running off of a like crashing train to jumping onto a helicopter to fighting the guys on the helicopter to a plasma sword getting lodged in the console to jumping out of the helicopter on a rope and then landing outside of the helicopter. And it, it, it happens so quickly. You don't have any time to process like the sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was I was going to be like, ah, they should have given more time to that. It was so fast. But it actually means something because the whole rest of the episode, Jackie is exhausted. And the whole point of this (laughs) is to show, man, I'm tired, dude. I just like, (laughs) I did a whole fucking Vin Diesel movie. And now they want me to sit down and like do research for. Oh no. I I felt that mood so hard when Jackie Chan opened the door to the antique store and was just like tired as hell. And everybody wanted him to like do stuff. And he's just like, I want to go to bed. <laughs> I felt that mood so hard. Please, Uncle. I have been traveling for 18 hours. I jumped from a helicopter and ran along a falling train. That is why you must relax with some good books. Oh. <laughs> I like, I re- yeah, I think that's, that's so much fun. Uncle is like, Uncle is always playing this role of like, just oh, sort of... He- being like the, the extremely expectant elder. <laughs> he had such a great line when here at this part, they sort of foreshadowed that Jackie has the sort of Mike Birbiglia dangerous sleepwalking. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. He's got, he's got yeah. that disease. Uh, yeah. And uh, uncle says, <laughs> uncle says, one more thing. Stay awake. You break many antiques when you sleepwalk. Oh, I don't sleepwalk. So, you break my antiques for fun. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Can I drop a fun fact about uh, about Uncle and Jackie? Sure. Yeah, yeah. do it. it so, it, um, so apparently um, Uncle and Jackie are supposed to like represent the dragon and dog zodiacs. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so tell it, me so, more. So apparently the dog zodiac um, is supposed to represent loyalty, honesty, wisdom, and stubbornness. Mm, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and being difficult to persuade um and and dragons are just kind of like the freaking paragon hero types like steadfast yeah. in their beliefs responsible ambitious friendly um totally yeah I, uncle, uncle's definitely supposed to be just like a token dog 
I like that <laughs> a lot. You can't say that in 2020. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Uncle's, no, I, uncle's I, just so consistently I, funny. God. He is. I, I remember loving him as a kid. I know everybody kind of like he's he was. It's not like he was a sleeper hit. But I'm really mm-hmm. surprised how well he holds up. He's still yeah. so fucking funny. Yeah. And I know we, I know this is ground we trod last week, but it is still so fun to go back and really be thinking about the fact that they made their their catchphrase monster an old man, which is <laughs> no, something that no other show that I've ever seen has done. It's always a shitty kid. It's always a, a little, it's some shitty little kid. So yeah. excuse me, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse <laughs> me. But no, it's uncle now. <laughs> I mean, uncle is... Uncle is endlessly quotable, and it's so great. Yeah, we didn't we didn't talk about this though, but that that Jackie does have his own catchphrase, and we've seen it last week, and we see it briefly in the beginning of this episode this week. Oh yeah, uh, and it's bad day. Oh, um, that's right. He does have a catchphrase, and I don't. It's not think really it lands... bad day. It's uh, it's a, uh, it's a sort of like it's a mantra, right? It's yeah. like a bad day, 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 bad day. They they tried to make his catchphrase work, and I I remember as a kid thinking bad day was a little like okay bad day bad day, but every time Uncle said anything, I was like just like you know like one of those <laughs> monkeys with perfect. the symbols like oh! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clank clank clank. Uh, okay, so they they come back. Uh, he has the uh, the talisman, and Jackie's absurdly exhausted. He, Uncle wants him to research it. They have to like translate stuff every time they get a new one to figure out what what even happens with the talismans. Uh, and so they never really know immediately, but Jade thinks, well, that's stupid. I'm just going to go use it and try and find out that way. It's way quicker. And so immediately she steals it. Well, where and, does she steal it from? She steals it from uh, a, a little magic box. box that I don't know if this was explained or not. Um, I'm not sure if it's actually magic or it's just, I think it is just a box because it looks uncle has some uncle has actual magic going on and they, they, they like part that curtain a little more in seasons two and onward, but uncle definitely has magic powers. And, and it's like, kind of, so he definitely has said like, I will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a spell or, or things of that nature that we've seen. Uh, but we haven't seen him actually do like Harry Potter magic yet. So, uh, <laughs> Grant <laughs> yet. Cause I mean, he does, but yeah. it's kind of really fun when we're not sure if this is just a sort of, old guy traditionalism or mm-hmm. if he's a wizard mm-hmm. totally because uh, he is a harry potter wizard yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like an old harry potter <laughs> <laughs> he had nice actual ceramics though mm. so it is a magic box but this was kind of getting to me and i mean the show starts to address it but really the fact that these enemy goons know exactly where they hang out and live all the time and just decide <laughs> to pop over sometimes when they're uh, especially right. angry is, uh, you know, more and more of a logical disconnect to me as to why, you know, if they're willing to blow up a bridge. Well, with you'll remember missiles. that Section 13 does relocate them. It's just a question yes. of like uncle wouldn't go and then they they yeah. still kind of hang at the set piece that is the antique shop. Right. And and I mean, if this was a darker show, they would have captured or killed uncle as a way to, of getting to Jackie, like move one because uncle didn't move. And they know where well, he is. I would be- I'm willing to believe kind of general goon logic uh, for the most part. Um, I would say we've seen now in these two episodes, two pretty visceral uh, tempted murders on uh, mm-hmm. on Jackie's life. One we see this episode is that they try to uh, 
obliterate him with uh, the ro- <laughs> the rotors of a helicopter. Right. Right. Yeah. Early in that first sequence. Right. And then later they break into the the uh, antique shop and walk by as they're just snoozing on chairs and are like, <laughs> they're fine. We just yeah, want the they talisman. don't attack them. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think it's. It it is I don't know you just sort of have to swallow it it's it's a little yeah. kid goon logic but uh, but I don't know the rest of the show seems so like intelligently put together that you kind of wish they had an explanation for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean it's fun that they just get they just get to crash the antique shop whenever they want. There's there's an advantage <laughs> there's a goon advantage that's kind of inherent in that dynamic that is constantly uh-huh. levied and I enjoy that. But yes, to some degree, you kind of expect like. Hey, can we at least get a couple like guys from Section Thirteen to stand by the door? <laughs> yeah, like, no kidding. They're gonna they're gonna fly to Sri Lanka or wherever and like fight him on a train, but then like go home <laughs> and then just like not not wait for him at the <laughs> antique not shop in he... San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's get to the talisman. Yeah, she Jade gets the talisman and she uh, she tries a little bit unsuccessfully to make it work. Uh, for a second and then she does she gets uh she gets it to activate and it astral projects her out of her body and her body goes limp it's empty and she thinks it's so dope and uh she flies around sort of like causing a little mischief for a second which is really fun it is it is really fun especially because um again the show is pretty good about seeding where it's going and sort of dropping fun hints or sort of making it logical for what's going to happen next. And so Jade has been dropping hints about how much she wants to go uh, to Melvin world. And she wants to go to this fun theme park. And she's like bouncing off the walls. And like, she called Jackie during his like train adventure. Oh yeah. And and uncle like, won't let hey, her go. I want to go do this. And uncle won't let me do anything. And I'm like, ah, I have all this energy. And it's a great <laughs> foil for Jackie in this episode. Who's just exhausted. Roller coasters are bad for digestion. Yeah. <laughs> there's some fun. There's some fun child psychology in here where like Jade is a, you know, this ball of energy, this ball of chaotic energy. Uh, and most of the trouble she gets into is from like, because she has this energy, but also like she doesn't get the attention she wants. It, it sort of turns into this sort of like negative behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so when she becomes invisible, she's in loving how much mischief she can get into until the one thing she wants from that, which is attention, is <laughs> like noticed. completely denied. <laughs> Nobody yeah. can see all the trouble she's getting into. <laughs> yeah. And she fucking hates it. Yeah. Did you guys already talk yeah. about the inspiration for, for Jade from the creators? No, no I have not. No? Uh, so she was supposed to be um, apparently a direct copy of, of Gosselin Mallard from Darkwing Duck. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I can, supposed- I can get that. Yeah, the writers were going for like a direct like human copy. Yeah, I I can I can totally understand that. I I think I like Jade better from my recollection of Darkwing Duck. Uh, but like, <laughs> I think I think Jade is Jade is just constantly more. Uh, I don't know. She's got more like a world awareness that I appreciate, mm-hmm. uh, and she can and turn she- on the, the 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 competence like on a dime, and I really like that. Like she has she's- two modes. She's more of a fun trash person than say like Penny, <laughs> like Penny from Inspector Gadget, yeah. Right? Um, who who you know was She's a little a bit little of a Mary Sue, a, like, yeah, a little bit of a do gooder. Uh, yeah. Like, oh boy, Inspector, you know. But mm-hmm. Jade is just like whatever, Jackie. I'm I'm gonna go like do teen stuff. Like I don't, care, <laughs> I don't really care. Um, oh and, boy, and that's that's really fun. And so yeah, so she's 
projecting until again yeah like rory mentioned that uh, she doesn't not getting any attention so she goes back to her body and that's a perfect time when shendu um is able to who has while she's been getting into trouble we, yeah. we sort of already alluded to this the goons stroll right into the antique shop and find a sleeping girl with the talisman in her <laughs> couldn't be more happy to have not got like to just like get in get out and walk the fuck and fuck off uh-huh. completely like, oh, yeah. easiest job ever. Yoink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now Shendu has the sheep talisman. He immediately astral protects out of his statue. Uh, yeah. And uh, after an A plus lore dump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's cool because it pays off where uh, the we, we find out that the goons, you know, dramatically exaggerate. Uh, you know, the trouble they went through to get uh, to get this sheep talisman. So then Chan lifts a whole bus off the ground and he chucks it at us. He wasn't easy to take down, but we knew how much you wanted this. And, and so then and so then um, they get chided for their lie when it, when it turns out that they they sort of trip over themselves and reveal that they just took it right out of a sleeping girl's hand. And then mm-hmm. Shen Du realizes that means that there's an unoccupied vessel for him to just go swoop. Yes. Uh, it is an info dump, but I thought that the the gag and the payoff both worked for me. Oh, for yeah. sure. I just like how it took them six episodes to like properly introduce the bad guy's backstory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that backstory in question is that he was a, and is this right? He was a demon sorcerer? 900 years ago. 900 <laughs> yeah. years ago, he was a, both a demon and a sorcerer. A demon sorcerer, as it were. Yeah. Mm. And he uh, got, I guess, his powers were like shattered apart and he was trapped in this statue. And so all of these zodiac, sta- these zodiac medallions are the sort of like shattered pieces of his power. And yeah. so that's why each one sort of has a different ability. And they actually, I think they do a pretty good job in explaining uh, how all these pieces together sort of created his his power. And, you yeah. know, when he would kind of explain like, well, yeah, like this thing allowed me to do that. And that thing allows me to do this. And it makes sense. It's kind of and a cool, we, cool concept. We crucially also learn that the reason the the rest of the the dark hand is following is that Shendu has promised them the lost treasure of Ching Hung if they get his talismans back. So they have kind of this like, I'll give you treasure if you let me walk the earth again with all my magical powers, like quid pro quo situation, uh, right. which I think is fun. And yeah. Valmont, you know, whether or not Valmont is going to actually share that treasure with his goons, I don't know. But um but yeah, so it, it is funny. Like, yeah, like you said, six episodes in, we finally learn. Like, I think you at least happening. cut in Toru. Mm, yeah, you would at least cut in Toru because he's so <laughs> <Totally>. competent, <laughs> so good, so good at his job, M- much better than the others. Which is fun. Like, truthfully, like it, it, you know, it's one thing. I think I think we've all commented on the fact that like. You know, it's really easy to just play this like giant fatso for laughs and have him always kind of bumbling around and eating things and being kind of the butt of jokes. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Toru is both terrifying and smart and competent is somehow it's it's really refreshing. It, it's, it's almost a like you I have not seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also yeah. He goes through more development throughout the show than like a lot of characters do. And oh, totally. Yes. I'm excited situations. for that. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so, okay, so now we've we've moved forward a little bit and Shendu has possessed Jade's body and Jade can't get in because when she tries to, like, force him out, she's just, like, repelled away from her own body. And uh, 
and Shendu is, is a very bad Jade. He's not good at being Jade, I think. Uh, and yet no one notices. He's very polite. Uh, like his first move is to like make <laughs> lemon slices and oolong tea or orange slices for the for her respected elders or whatever. And they don't even uh, bat an eye. Yeah. Well, I think they do a little bit. I, I, or at least this is how I read the scene. Jackie takes this as a sign that he's maybe been too dismissive with how bad Jade wants to go to Melvin World. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I thought she was just being like Jade being Jade, but she really, this is really important to her. Yeah. Yeah. Being, being extra yeah. good. Well, and so the thing she begins to harp on, and this is actually a really smart idea, is that because all the other medallions are in Section 13, that's and it's an undisclosed location, that's where she needs to go. That's where Shendu Jade yeah. needs to go. And Although I like so how after she, after dropping his nine hundred year old backstory about how he's been trapped for like you know almost almost a millennia, he's now just being super impatient about not going there right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, dude, you're fine. You can hang out. Just do some kid things. You'll eventually make it to section thirteen. But yeah, no, build some social uh, capital. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you said, Jackie, uh, Jackie feels like maybe he's been neglecting Jade and. Uh, and Jade really wants to go to Section 13. So he calls Captain Black. And on the phone call, a really tired Jackie, probably saying more than he intended to, starts just kind of opening up about how he feels about Jade and mentions Melvin World and like all this stuff. And, uh-huh. and so Captain Black shows up to pick up Shendu Jade by himself and secretly takes her to Melvin World, like to fulfill a little girl's dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's uh, such a funny turn. I really like it. It's really uh, sweet. And Shendu's um, realization that like they're not actually at Section Thirteen. <laughs> well, beautiful. And it's it's great that usually I feel like in a lot of these shows these sort of mid plot complications um, increase the 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 tension and the horror. And it's like oh. Instead of going to the harmless place, they went to the really dangerous place. And now it's, you know, the mm. plot has become more serious. Right. Well, in this yeah. case, it's funny because they're like racing to to get there in time. They could have increased the stakes by going to Section 13 or something. But the fact that the twist is that it's Melvin World and it's, it's a <laughs> it's more fun. You know, it's a it's a twist for more fun of a plot. And yeah, and I like that choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's where they so, kind of turn the turn, turn the whole imposter drama thing on its head, right? Kind of going yeah. back to that. Yeah, and now it's a fun sort of comedy plot instead of this like tense action plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so while they're like they think that she's gone off to section thirteen or whatever, uh, and so Uncle Uncle has in the meantime translated all the stuff and figures out, oh, it's for astral projection. And when you astral project, you can't be seen or heard except if you possess someone's dreams. And like the real Jade is floating there listening. And so she's like, okay, now I know what I have to do. I have to let Jackie, who's clearly exhausted and falling asleep on his feet right now, I just got to wait until he falls asleep and then get in his dreams and we'll figure this all out. Mm-hmm. And then Uncle just won't let him sleep. He's like, you have to sweep the store. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another case of this writing really popping off for me because you think of so many shows that don't have either don't have a lot for all their characters to do at once or don't have them working all in harmony to sort of or in disharmony to create interesting narrative mm-hmm. and where it's just like, all right, we'll give them some bullshit. Be your C plot. Right. Yeah. Because they're not going to be used that much. But instead to have sort of uncle getting in and his thing and that 
keeps Jackie from being asleep, which Jade is trying to get him. And that's it's just great. It's great drama. It's super. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I I mean, there, there's some fun stuff with Jackie sleepwalking and almost falling off a building and Jade talking to him while he's asleep. Um, but my favorite part of this episode comes after Jackie sort of has realized what's going on. He wakes up, they call Captain Black, and then they all end up meeting at at, uh, at Melvin World to sort of figure this out. And <laughs> Jackie is just like insane. Like, like he's so sleep deprived at this point that like... <laughs> He shows up and the stuff that he says to Captain Black is so funny to me. She's not really Jade. Uh, the talisman's magic has made her a sheep. Uh, oh, no, I mean, uh, no, I'll prove it. <gasps> What's the moose's name? The name. Give you a hint. Another word for wedgie. You can't name it, can you? Ooh. You're evil. You're evil. <laughs> <laughs> And the faces he's making, like the art and like he's like wide eyed, like a crazy person. I don't know. It's so Uh, funny. God, it's so funny. So the this is kind of begins the big action sequence of the show where uh, Jade is now. Well, well, Shendu Jade is sort of running through the theme park and Jackie is chasing her and they're trying to fight. They go into a hall of mirrors, sort of classic funhouse set piece scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, roller coaster situation going on. Um, and you have Jade as a, you know, her astral projection. Jade is sort of also floating around trying to, I guess, witnessing the action, but can't really do all that no. much. Waiting for an opening to get back in her body, really. Yeah. Yeah. Providing color commentary while just waiting for the action mm-hmm. to cease. And now, Austin. Uh, you have you finally in this episode gotten to hear and I think this is the first uh, the first time uncle uses it we get to hear his wonderful cheese spell that he uses for the rest of the goddamn show the incantation Uh, we finally hear you (laughs) it's pretty cool Uh, it's it feels it feels much more old and powerful it's you know he has to jump on one foot and he waves around this incense yeah. I feel like sometimes he's got like a charred lizard. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, he has to say the spell and he has to say the spell like right into Jade's ear. But I, I love that he can do it over the phone. That's but so he can't funny. do it over the phone. Uh-huh. It's, it is. Yeah. <laughs> doing a phone incantation is, is excellent. Uh, it's like this ancient cheese spell. He just went and looked up in one of his old crazy books and then like it totally works. Cheese, a cheese spell. Apparently it (laughs) translates to, uh, to spirits, demons, ghosts, monsters quickly leave. Yeah, or just goblins and ghouls get out of this house. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Get out of here, goblins. Yeah, time Uh, time to bounce. Horrible creature. Get out. (laughs) But yeah, Shendu gets the hell out of there when he like slams back into his statue and Valmont's like, what's going on? He's like, damn it, these fucking chi magic. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh, He's so mad. And and Valmont takes a moment to sort of like rub his nose in it. But it's... It's worth mentioning that uh, they still have the talisman, right? Yes, they, they have, have the sheep talisman. Is, yeah. Um, 
because that that was what allowed um, Shendu to to do that astral projection. So they have one, you know, secured, and and uh, you know, Jackie's rightfully upset about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Jade's fault. You know, I mean, it, totally. It, it was she. She took it out of the magic box, and they it were was able to she. Grab it. What took the talisman from the talisman <laughs> box? <laughs> yeah, um, but it seems like you know they're they're content with you know still having a lead in talismans. And, yeah, um, yeah. He 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 at least recognizes that Jade did a lot of work to make sure that Shendu didn't get to find Section Thirteen where they have the other ones. Um, yeah. Now, I don't know if this means that uh, Shendu can still astral project and, like, possess a corpse or something. But it doesn't seem like they have him do that. I think think Uncle's spell has, like, momentarily sealed off that power, it seems like. Uh, I don't know for how long, but, like, for now. Mm -hmm. At least until it's relevant. It seems to imply that, that, like, he can't really um, possess a body unless it's, like, already devoid of a soul. Not necessarily dead. Like, I mean, if it was a dead person, like, I, I don't know if he could do it. Mm-hmm. I think he's he saw he saw the chance with the jade. It's a because... little spooky for kids. WB. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we should talk about the Jackie says. We should oh. definitely talk about the Jackie says. Oh, my God. I liked this live action sequence. <laughs> this uh-huh. was golden. This yeah. Is the, this kid. I mean, it's all Jade's voice, but I, I guess these are these are there. She's asking questions. I'm half oh, of real. God, kids I thought it was like crazy because they stuff. keep putting random kids names next to it. It's like, I swear, not all children sound alike. <laughs> no, it's, it's they always have Jade read the questions, but it's like kids have sent in questions, I think. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I thought it was some sort of like weird gotcha. No, sort of. no, no. Uh, but it, the, the question is basically, who do you admire? And Jackie just sort of goes on this unfocused list of a bunch of people, including, I mean, Spielberg I guess it's, it, and George Lucas that they are yeah. they do special effects They're he likes special effects and not <laughs> getting hurt when he does effects and he likes people who can use computers uh he likes dinosaurs uh, <laughs> having the dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> no, it was beautiful he can use a computer special effect not follow the traditional like me you know hurt myself jumping off a real car they can use the fake people and they can use a uh, 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 dinosaur just two buttons but it feels very it feels very earnest and truthful uh-huh. yes yeah. um, it doesn't feel like some sort of like strange forced i guess spielberg is also for, works with wb so maybe they asked yeah. him to say spielberg i don't know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like, like all the jackie says segments are pretty pretty earnest sounding like but he seems like he's actually having a freaking blast talking about it you can yeah. tell they spent a long time and i think i mentioned this before but it is all very heavily cut together yeah. mm-hmm. so you know this is sort of the best thing they were able to slap together in the editing bay yeah this oh, was wow. like this is like youtube vlog editing before it was a thing uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah i don't know i really i really like these segments because they they feel like the opposite of the wayne gretzky moments from pro stars you know what i mean yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like everything that those weren't like i felt like he was just uncomfortable and scripted and yeah even- wayne was awkward but in a way that i found un unendearing <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but it's jackie he he's awkward the way the way uh garth brooks is awkward and it's like incredibly oh. it's incredibly strange and alien and and, un, <laughs> and just unappealing yes god that man yeah. is so strange jackie chan and garth brooks being compared is uh is a new no uh wayne gretzky oh wayne garth gretzky brooks. Oh, jackie garth chan <laughs> is awkward but like in a fun kind of like you know in a bradley anyway 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jackie Chan totally. is the man Garth Brooks wishes he could be. <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the uh, Chris Gaines of. Uh... Oh, Vinny, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Rory. Oh, Andy. I, God, I'm, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have you tell me about this new sponsor that we got. Well, that's convenient because I've just emptied out my pockets and I've splayed out all of the, all of our ad copy in front of me. Good, good. Uh, so please, please do me the honor of telling me about Dangerous Cakes. Dangerous Cakes are a brand new way you get to, uh, what you get to do with a dangerous cake is every day you get you come home and what's the first thing you want to break into? What's the first thing you get home? You've you've you've, uh, you've you're coming home from a hard day at, on on the site. You know, all mm-hmm. the boy where you and all the boys work. And you you've kicked <laughs> off you've kicked off your work boots and you've let your suspenders hang loose. And what's the what's the first thing? What's the first thing you want to just chow into? After a long day of working with the boys on the site with your suspenders and your work boots. Obviously some yummy cake. Obviously a fucking enormous cake. You earned it. <laughs> and herein lies the twist. Well, you know, you can't you can't be eating cake every day. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna your heart's gonna turn to to mishmash. So mm-hmm. so da- here enter dangerous cakes, a pretty cool a pretty cool new adventure from the same people who brought you uh, thing the same who brought you uh oops my sandwich is is a is a great new is 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 because if you want that cake and you and you don't want and you don't want to have to and you don't want your shirt to explode off of you anime style you're mm. gonna have to you're gonna have to hunt for it right like the, like our great grandparents had to do and they're yeah. and they're like our grandparents had to do when they were when they were walking uphill both ways to school they were fighting off. They were fighting off cakes and eating them too. So dangerous cakes. Enter dangerous cakes. A pretty cool. Uh, just a pretty cool new way to earn your food. To, to have a meal and and really feel like you put in. What you get to do is you get to have a cake that's that is so hard to catch that by the time <laughs> that by the time you get to it, you're gonna be so plum tuckered. You're barely gonna want to eat it at all. But you're gonna have to because you've. Ex- You've, you've used so many of your body's precious resources uh, in, in this fight, in this in this deadly hunt. <laughs> Rory, in what uh, way is it hard to catch? What's <laughs> <laughs> good? Uh, it's they've given they've given these cakes the the precious gift of life, and they've taught them <laughs> and they've taught them nothing but fear. Oh, and uh, and then after these cakes have been gifted life and taught to and taught to fear uh they're you know trapped in a box and sent to you is this just a live chicken (laughs) well you don't really eat the chicken you kind of mostly focus on the cake that is that he's baked into Uh, It's it's just a cake with chicken legs sticking out the bottom well, they don't really like you to say it that way. <laughs> they really prefer you. You talk about how dangerous the cake is. Well, I can see And that. not just be like, oh, is it just a chicken? Yeah, sure. Uh, ever heard of a cockfight? You know, these are these are these are dinosaurs that we do battle with. You know? Yeah. And and this one this one has been put in a cake. So what? 
<laughs> so what? <laughs> Big whoop. Want to fight about it? everybody and uh it looks like it looks like uh the slapstick uh or not slapstick this uh slapdash uh carnival is about to get it's gonna get on it's going it go to get it's it's gonna start going right it's gonna start getting it getting it get 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 going good and uh yeah. i'm gonna make a drum beat out of that <laughs> I I couldn't I I didn't believe that that uh, Austin had managed to uh, get it to, to go good, um, <laughs> but apparently but, but his tears. Did. But apparently his tears have uh, <laughs> melted, smelted the clown hearts, <laughs> melted the hearts, the cold hearts of this <laughs> the common American clown. <laughs> In this strange conservative carnival we find ourselves in. <laughs> Big top uh, and small government. But well, but uh, <laughs> they're still setting up an elaborate, uh, you know, an elaborate series of, of rings and, and uh, hoops, uh, which are, you know, arguably the same as rings. But I've been assured they're two different. <laughs> they only have three uh, of two them, different. Right? <laughs> uh, so we uh, have yeah. to watch another episode of Jackie Chan Adventures while we wait for the rings and hoops to get you know properly assembled and the yeah. acrobats to limber up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we watched episode eight of Jackie Chan Adventures. It's called Tough Break, and uh, it's got a nops, and the nops sounds a little bit like this. Uh, this story begins with a turn for the worse when Jackie breaks his leg over Jade's gnome gnome cop action figure. The, uh, this would warrant a leave of absence for everyone else, but when Jade accidentally drops the rat talisman into Gnome Cop's battery storage, it comes alive and Jackie needs to clean up her mess. What an oddly uh, editorialized scenario. It's a weird synopsis. one. Because yeah, also it's Jade who has to clean up her mess and she kind of makes yeah. a point of that. Yeah, Jackie's in a wheelchair for like almost the entire episode. Yeah, Jade yeah. kind of carried this one actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's uh, this was a, this is a fun one. I I was pretty smitten by Gnome Cop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, t- oh, totally. We have, yeah. we we have a lot to discuss about Gnome Cop, guys. Uh, this... And it's fun when so we've talked about how in the rest of the series up till now, Jade is is the general agent of chaos on this show, this sort of catalyst for action, mm-hmm. and uh, she is shunted into the role of like you know straight man. As as a true agent of chaos enters the scene, <laughs> no cop, no cop. Oh my god! I, this no this power. One, this one really. Uh, I don't know how much Fairly Odd Parents any of you watched. Um, None zero. But, Not a lot. But Enough. there is uh, there is an early episode that is a very beloved one to me, where Timmy wishes essentially that his uh, his crimson chin action figure would be real. 
and it's voiced by Jay Leno. And this ridiculous action figure has all these new action phrases and is running around. And, and <laughs> it, it gave me it gave me a really good. Uh, this one reminded me reminded me of that a lot. And I think this predates it. But uh, but I really I really like that plot, I guess. But this one took it to a totally different place. And mm-hmm. it's just it's absolutely ridiculous top to bottom. Uh, well, and you know what I can always appreciate is a belabored world building uh, <laughs> <laughs> sort of thrown in just for the hell of it. And uh, they didn't they didn't disappoint me. Uh, in I this think one. they wanted to set up the set piece at the very end, but it is a lot of weird nonsense. That's less like, well, yeah, around around the toy franchise Gnome Cop. <laughs> they do, but they're, they're consistent about it, at least within the episode. It really rings true for me because especially at the very beginning when Jackie has just done this like uh, another sort of opener action sequence with an auction and he gets the rat talisman and, uh, you know, went through a lot. And then he eventually steps on a Lego and breaks his foot. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, I like what, how during the auction, like if their idea of a lot of money and like, or, like organized crime art auctions <laughs> is $2,000. I know it is. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Two thousand dollars. I also loved. I loved the scene when uh, when Toru was like basically shaking his own goons by their feet for their pocket change. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Like, That's all I have, Toru. Do you think they take nunchucks? Uh, like, God. is Valmont is Valmont a cheapskate? Because like, if they're gonna come to an auction and not like have more than two grand, um, yeah. For this like priceless artifact that they're trying to get, that they're gonna fly over there. They own a helicopter. Like, yeah. well, they say uh, in the first episode that the Dark Hand has connections to like every organized crime ring like in the world. Yeah, ever. Yeah. All but crime, they're, all but crime. They do guys crime. with like five hundred dollars between them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> two thousand dollars. Like even the auctioneer just gasps. Like, yeah, like oh my. Yeah, a child's <laughs> concept of a ton of money, I think, is that's kind yeah. of funny. Um, and so, but, so they get back and, and Jade is Jade is completely obsessed with this. Uh, she already has a gnome cop action figure, but mm-hmm. she wants gnome cop's mortal enemy, uh, Turbo Troll. <laughs> yeah. And I, this this struck me as as kind of a stretch Armstrong, stretch monster kind of deal. I don't know if anybody remembers those toys, oh, but they sure. were huge yeah. for a hot minute. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sort of two like. They had two things. They had the good guy and the bad guy, and everyone bought them for like a year, and then they went away forever. Well, um, I love Jackie's line saying, you already have one of those, and then Jay being <laughs> very indignant and being like, no, I have Gnome Cop. Troll, Turbo Troll is his is his nemesis, you fucking idiot. You complete <laughs> dunce. Like... That that like, you know, it, I, I feel like we all remember like, no, mom, you understand that Toa was the bionicle legend that, uh, you, you know, like, trying, you know, like trying to like over. Mom, you have no building. idea about Mata Nui. Uh-huh. Right. Like the the sort of like where the lore comes into your like importance of why you need to have it <laughs> and why it's different from the, the red guy you have because you need the green guy. Um, We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. My God. So I just I thought that was super real and I really enjoyed that without knowing that the whole episode was then gonna be like Gnome Cop <laughs> Turbo Troll backstory. But <laughs> God, I, I mean side side note, I was a bi- bionicle shit boy for about three months of my life. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. They came Ugh. in tubes. I know. <laughs> they Dude, came in like tubes. the tubes you get at the bank. 
The two that like like little lore handbooks you could read and memorize. Oh my like, god! Oh, yeah, seriously. Like, yeah, like a, like a flash video game that was like first person, like like Mist, but for Bionicle. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Man. Yeah, shit! Yeah, Dude. I had that. Oh my um, god! Okay, all right. This yeah. is now a Bionicle so, podcast, guys. Not, <laughs> yeah, there actually is a Bionicle podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh shit! So the the thing that sets off the rest of the episode is that as she is uh, sort of bugging Jackie. Uh, about wanting this thing he walks away and ends up tripping on her discarded uh gnome cop figure because she left her place in a complete shambles like the place is a mess and he trips and after this whole ridiculous action sequence at the beginning of the episode all he does is trip on a toy and he breaks his whole leg and we cut to the uh, the hospital and uncle is blasting him so hard <laughs> oh, it is great. so funny run down the side of an exploding building no problem but step on a child's toy, break your bones. Wah-ha-ha! Sounds like a Chinese proverb. And I love this scene because it's actually, um, they actually use leitmotif really well in this in this series. Um, Ooh. Like, it, it cuts to the hospital and, like, it immediately plays, like, Uncle's song. Jackie? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know that, like, even though like Jackie's the one who's you know has a broken leg and is and is suffering in the hospital, it's going to be Uncle's time to shine. Ooh, this is Uncle's <laughs> moment. Well, and I like that Uncle Dare says sounds like a Chinese proverb instead of like making up Chinese proverbs yeah. that don't exist. Because yeah. I am tired of that trope where it's like, ah, yes, the ancient Chinese proverb they say that. Trip you know, on like, gnome no, cop. that's not no. a real ancient proverb. You fucking yeah, yeah. So exactly. I like I like his sort of. Sounds like one. That, that's and, good. And I know we, we talked about this last week, and I, I'm I'm really uh, appreciative to see that it has continued. They kind of, in this show, like, eschew the rule of threes for more of a rule of two uh, situation for their callbacks, for their comedy. They do, they basically just do a joke one time, and then later in the episode, they hit it again, and it's great. And the thing that Uncle says here is, like, uh, you know, Jackie is young, he'll heal he'll heal quickly or whatever he makes some sort of glib comment about how quickly jackie's gonna heal because he's young and right. he does it he does that again later when uh i mean spoiler alert but his other leg gets broken as a sort of laugh moment at the very end of the episode a, and he says it again as somebody who very recently did that uh, <laughs> the no laugh, laugh, that laugh moment did not quite play for me <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man yeah, yeah but i bet you can't i bet you can't water ski on your good foot and uh I cannot water ski on my good foot. Can you run down a collapsing building, Rory? <laughs> no, you broke the same leg twice, so that's kind of different, right? <laughs> yeah, you did it wrong. <laughs> We're laughing about it. <laughs> uh, oh. And so, so what's great is that they come home, and Jade is feeling super guilty about him having broken his leg, and she's like way overcompensating by trying to take care of him, and in the process, kind of hurting him more on accident. And in the midst of this craziness and him like bumping up against stuff and her being like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. The talisman goes flying and winds up in the battery component of her gnome top, gnome cop uh, action gnome figure. Top. And gnome cop comes to life. And this is the problem we're dealing with for the rest of the episode. Uh, this uh, is when shit gets real fun. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do a, We do a whole like Twilight Zone Toy Story situation. And oh, yeah, God. No it's cop so has just fun. no chill, and he's so he, he just starts <laughs> screaming, "Must find Turbo Troll and Gnome Power and breaking shit." 
and belt blaster. Yeah. Belt blaster. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna say the talisman like gives motion to the motionless and also gives them deadly weapon technology. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. I guess the talisman has a sense of humor, or maybe the talisman's just a big fan of gnome cop and knows all the lore and is uh-huh. like, well, obviously he needs to have a working belt blaster. And so this little <laughs> this little toy shitlord has a, a laser beam that can destroy buildings and stuff, and it's just awful. The fact that it's called a belt blaster is just so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we don't have to break down every like minute by minute here of the of the whole gnome cop no, stuff. No, you can imagine it. Jackie like Jackie's in a wheelchair and has a broken leg it it runs like there, like there's a really good sequence where he's he's gotten in like a little rc car and jackie's chasing after him in a wheelchair and it's so funny like this is the caliber of like the rc car scene. is pretty funny because he he uh <laughs> yeah. uh i uh the part that i loved was when he gets into Gnome Cop gets into the toy store and finds a, a display <laughs> shelf full of other Gnome Cops. Yes. Conceal me, brothers. Conceal me, brothers. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have some kind of like Buzz Lightyear existential freakout. Instead, no. he's just like, ah, yes, my my many. We are legion. Conceal me, brothers. Honestly, that is kinda... the funniest fucking line. Yeah. Uh, well, if, if it's, it, I think it is better than the follow-up line, but the second one is pretty funny. Oh. Uh, when Jade lures him out of the toy display. Yeah, and she says, she she realizes she can find out which one's real by saying, Oh my gosh, Turbo Truck captured the gnome princess. The cat will pay. <laughs> leaps and leaps out. Uh. <laughs> Scourge of the elven realm. <laughs> it's funny too, it's funny too when, when, um, I mean, it, it, it irks me when a show is throwing out that sort of fake one off world building and mm-hmm. it does and it's not internally consistent. Yes. Um, you know, and it's just like you are totally contradicting yourself. But Gnome Cop consistently has no chill. Well, he consistently <laughs> has no chill, but he also like the stuff that they set up is seems to all kind of make sense. You know, like yeah. this whole thing. And then um, one of the goons, because we, we, you know, this sort of little like, like mid plot complication is that the goons get a hold of him and use him to track him back to section 13, which is a really smart idea. Uh, but yeah. one of the goons is a, actually turns out a huge fan of Gnome Cop. Oh, oh Ratso? Yeah. Ratso. yeah. Ratso has this whole like lore dump. What is it going on about? Turbo Troll is Gnome Cop's arch enemy. See, the Emperor of Troll Castle hates gnomes because gnomes possess magic from the Great Crystal. So Gnome Cop uses his power belt to... <laughs> I uh, collect them. I wrote this note and then I just laughed out loud about it because it's like Ratso's explaining gnome cop lore to a mob boss and a demon. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's so funny. And, and the from mob behind Taru, the mob boss makes fun of him as a nerdy little fanboy. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is funny, but I also feel like on a Saturday morning cartoon that's such a hot take of like fans are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> you should be shamed of the thing you like. Yeah. <laughs> on this show that plays after Batman. What you're doing right now is shameful. <laughs> and your parents are tired of it. <laughs> your parents are tired of it. They don't want to hear you talk about Jackie Chan Adventures. Or Bionicle. <laughs> or Bionicle. <laughs> you're not turning out to be the person they wanted you to be. Uh, and so, yeah, so they, there's a, it just keeps escalating to crazy degrees. And uh, they end up down sort of on a pier 
after uh, a, a kind of a, a really intense moment where Jackie's like wheelchair is careening down a hill. And so they end up at the water for the for the final section of the of the fight sequence. And this and is the second time that the goons try to straight up murder Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They kick him into the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> they just wheel him right into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just tie him to his heavy chair and just push him off. <laughs> and Jade's yelling, leave him alone. He's disabled. <laughs> yeah. This is the part where the episode kind of fell apart to me. I was really uh-huh. enjoying it based on sort of the theming and the action and the writing was really good for me. And then to me, it felt like the writers couldn't really figure out a way to end it. No. Well, I mean, they did. I mean, do they a- did. Yeah, they were uh, they were forcing their way to that giant gnome cop this whole episode. And yeah, yeah but it, they don't actually go anywhere with it. And yeah, no. because the the peak like the climax action sequence is like a, a boat chase water skiing, which doesn't they haven't really yeah. built to that at all. It's, no, it feels like part of a, a different episode. You know, mm-hmm. we don't get anything with the medallion really um, in that big action sequence. And and I think that was uh, no a missed and I, opportunity. I think the hugest missed opportunity is that the medallion only ended up in gnome cops. If there was a comedic sequence of events where the medallion kept getting like put in other things that spontaneously came to life and were weird, mm-hmm. like like a chair comes to life or like, you know what I mean? Like things could have gotten really wacky for a second. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. where we went with that with that DuckTales body switch episode where the very yeah. end is a blowout of like, OK, now rapid body switch, body switch, body switch, body switch, dragons. You know, crazy, mm-hmm. you know, like going to the like, body switch, body switch, dragons. Body. Yes. Oh, you're, you're living it. Yes. Yes. Pose. Yeah. I should be a fashion photographer. Um, yeah. I can't uh, I can't pinpoint the last like really good line. And that's in, in that sequence, though. Um, mm-hmm. It's when they were uh, it, um, when they were on the water skis or something like that. And um, and no cop falls into the water. And and Ratso just says gnomes can't swim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot! Haven't you read the books? <laughs> like, like the guy who we know is a total like gnome gnome cop nerd just just has to yeah. make his fandom known. That's great. That is really there's, good. So there's 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 one more there's one more really good moment for me, and I I felt like this was just perfect. Uh, they they get back. The boat chase is finished. The boats end up on dry land. They're destroyed. Uh, the goons are still coming after them. And Jackie, still with one leg in a cast, is like hobbling along. And he sees they, like all the goons are running after Gnome Cop. And they run by this guy who also has a broken leg. And he's sitting there on a bench. And Jackie comes by. And in a manner exactly like in a normal action movie where someone would commandeer someone's vehicle or like a car or a bike, he commandeers this guy's crutches and says, I'll return them. And <laughs> I just thought that was so fun because that's such a normal thing in like every tropey action movie to like, like, mm-hmm. I'll take, I'll get this back and like steal a car. But he t- does it with crutches. And I think <laughs> it's really funny. Oh yeah, yeah I actually noticed that like there's a lot of like um like little calls to like how Jackie Chan behaved in like in like rush hour <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I really I don't know, I just I appreciated that so much. And then we do get a little bit of him fighting with the crutches, and he's pretty cool. Like he spins yeah. around and I don't know. I, I like that. The, those he doesn't give him a little of, flourish, uh, like spinning the spinning the the, the crutches around. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, yeah. I like when this show flexes on its action choreography and uh, and they yeah. they're good at it. They're good at it. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. Uh, the way they wrap this up, though, is that apparently in this city and very coincidentally, and I don't 
necessarily love the the coincidence, but it's Gnome Cop Day in San Francisco. <laughs> and apparently they're having some kind of Gnome Cop parade or some sort of Gnome Cop related <laughs> festival of some kind. There's everywhere. I mean, it w- I think it would have been funnier if it was like Gnome Con, but I don't know if yeah. that sort of culture was there yet in the, you know, in, you know, 99, But, um, but they have, there's a giant statue that I guess is being unveiled or is going to be, I don't know. It, it's a little silly, but it's essentially like a Gnome Cop Gundam. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's this huge thing. And of course, and, and another they, they do this a little too often where like some, you know, series of of uh, like Rube Goldbergian sequence of. of yeah, misfortune. like a Rube Goldbergian, <laughs> Rube, Go- Rube Goldbergian misfortune sort of sends any one of their talismans flying in exactly the wrong direction. And the yeah. talisman launches into the air and lands on this giant one. And then the giant one comes to life and. uh and yeah, it's it, and it's then not we good. cut away and yep. <laughs> we don't see it. Then there's a time <laughs> skip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it feels like a big, a big sort of a blue ball moment here. That would have been really it was, cool to yeah. see. Yeah, I actually wrote that down. Like, like seriously. <laughs> yeah. Right. Instead of the boat chase, cut the boat chase and actually let us deal with like this one concept with Mega Gnome Cop. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because no. they've also established that the the when Gnome Cop when the small Gnome Cop had the medallion, he could sort of power up and make other objects come to life as well. And mm. so, like he does that for the RC car, and that's why it's like driving yep. like a real car. And he does yep. that to a shelf too. It's just like a beam, and just like zaps the shelf, and it falls over. And so, yeah, to to then like they don't heighten that, and they don't take that anywhere. And so that would have been maybe a fun way to do it, go about it. But we don't yeah, get that. And then- Instead, what we get is uh, Jade telling us about the cool action sequence we didn't get to put in the episode. And uh, and it's all sort of in the service of this kind of like off screen like gag where she saved the day. She got in and then she slipped and fell off the robot and landed on Jackie and broke his other leg. And uh, I don't know. I don't feel like it pays off any good joke. I mean, I like I like it, but it's also not it's also not very effective, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, I I had a good time with this episode. I really did. Oh, totally. Yeah, Austin's um, point was was good. It's like it it was it was good like up until it kind of fell apart at the end. But mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. Otherwise, I still give it a thumbs up. Um, totally. Jackie says. Yeah, the Jackie says. The sailor says. Uh, our little our little end of show. Did I guess ask keep... Jackie is technically what it's called, right? They're called <laughs> ask Jackie, but we always call them sailor says because that's what they are. And that's what, you know, we got to stick yeah. to our, our, our beautiful sailor moon roots. Uh, <laughs> I guess this one, this one is, has he, has he ever been hurt doing his own stunts is the question. <laughs> and then he proceeds <laughs> then... to say yes and name all body parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eyes, face, shoulder, no three times, elbow, elbow. Cannot remember my jaws, knees, knees, cut, angle, angle, all the, my teeth gone. I hurt. Cannot remember. Cannot remember. It's kind of alarming. It's kind of like a scared straight program for <laughs> <laughs> like would be little like street. <laughs> yeah, well, would be kids that are ready to like start, you know, kicking their way through the house now that they've watched Jackie Chan. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, hopefully terrifies children to not try this at home. I mean, I know when I was a kid, I totally stole a guy's crutches and started beating people with them. So (laughs) it's a good thing to it's a good thing to teach kids. Yeah, I heard about that, David. They uh, they put you away for a while, didn't they? 
Yeah, it's in the Seattle Times and everything. <laughs> That's yeah. I think we're gonna cut that out of this episode because uh, <laughs> I don't want to be I don't want to be associated with the mad crutch stealer. Uh, what's interesting is that maybe they kind of imply. I don't know. Something about the editing also implied that maybe his his brain had been hurt a little bit too because they keep cutting to him saying, "I can't remember. I can't remember." <laughs> and so, like, he's hurt. He's hurt more parts of his body yeah, that he's, he's forgotten because of all he the seems concussions. So obviously concussed. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I had that same no. thought. Boy, oh boy! Past the popcorn and the candied corn and the uh, the swirled. Uh, swirled lollipops and uh we are enjoying what they have given us um it's a real half-assed circus performance you can tell they don't want to be here we are the lollies are nice the lollies are good (laughs) they have microwaved them for us so they're nice and hot the way they would be um at the circus normally Um, hot lollies yeah hot lollies yeah where they where they warm up the lollipops um and uh Father, heat up my lollipops, please. <laughs> oh, yes, son. I love you, son. So uh, that was great. Um, this, Well, you know, the circus wasn't great, but the Jackie Chan Adventures episodes we watched was great. And mm-hmm. that we did watch those at the right time, um, unlike when we came to the circus uh, incorrectly. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, how are we? We're, we're exactly halfway through our arc. We're going to do two more weeks of this. We're going to cover the, the more in more consistency recovering the back half of the show uh so how are we feeling right now david how are you doing how how do you like this 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 week oh i had a blast no these were these were great like representative episodes of the show too i thought just with yeah yeah i feel like i can easily stomach two more weeks like uh i'm having a great time yeah and they all do something different too which is great like like it's not just you know talking about the same story every single week like they all kind of kind of do something unique in terms of like writing style and overall feel Mm -hmm. Just fun. Yeah. yeah. And sort of like a different a different gimmick of of like what the what the problem is every week. Like <laughs> it's not always about I mean, in fact, most of the time it doesn't seem like it's about getting the talisman at all. Like like Jackie does all the adventuring and all the, the Indiana Jones shit off screen and we use it as the cold open. And then we have to deal with what happens after. As like yeah, they should concept. call it Jackie Chan had adventures and now some <laughs> other stuff is going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the show really did like stand the test of time. I mean, like you still see people just referencing it constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like everyone, everyone our age, pretty much, you know, you get everyone to a room and ask like, hey, who's watched Jackie Chan Adventures? You know, people raise I their mean, I hand. still I I whenever I get horrible people demons in my house, raise I still your use fucking hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whenever my house is infested with demons, I still use the Yumogoi Wi-Fi deeds out and it really does the trick. Uh, totally, it works. Know. Those ghouls and goblins get out of my house. <laughs> ghouls and oh, goblins man. get I out do, here now. I do kind of not like how they, how you know, it kind of went from a banishing spell to like just a a placeholder for any single spell that was cast. I know they they kind of I don't know flanderize is the right word, but they really sort of they they use it too much as the show goes on. He sa- he says mm. it in all circumstances. Yeah, it gets worse in later seasons, too. <laughs> now, uh, as somebody who, who again, has not seen a lick of this, uh, would you say that there is sort of a noticeable turning point in the quality uh, during the run? Like, does it uh, sort of hit? Yeah, I don't know. Like, does it? When when uh, did it jump the shark? I would say the last two seasons aren't as good as the first three, but okay. it's not like a huge it's not like a huge plummet. I think it's all good. I don't know. Okay. I, don't I agree. Know. 
Um, yeah, it, you're fresher on this than I am. I've seen three. It definitely drops off a little bit. I'd say seasons one and two are the best. Mm-hmm. And do you know why that is? Just does it just sort of start getting tired or just better writing or? Yep. Yeah, um, the writing isn't as good. They kind of run out of ideas a little bit. Um, like they kind of go back to, you know, the Zodiac every single time and kind of try and milk that kind of theme over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, it's, not, it's not bad. It's still it's still vastly better than most cartoons out there. Um, yeah. But <laughs> also, David, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't the other goons follow Toru and join the good guys at some point? Uh, I can't recall if um, the other ones do. But like, yeah, Toru definitely joins the good guys. Like, so like, I like them. That's season season two, right? It's early, right? Yeah. Like season two, he he he, he breaks away and becomes uncle's uncle. He's uh, like uncle's protege. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Because mm-hmm. Uncle is again an actual an actual wizard, and Toru is like, all right, well, <laughs> well, this is dope. If magic's real, then I'm fucking on board. Dude. No, Toru is yeah, Toru is like one of the best characters in the show. Like, yeah, he, goes, right. he, he goes through so much good development. I love him, and he's so big. <laughs> oh, but we didn't talk about when Toru straight up murders a dude this episode. <laughs> oh, at the when very beginning that? of the episode. So remember that his arms are literal tree trunks. Yes. And he goes out of the way before he just batters the shit out of this guy. He takes the guy's helmet off and puts it onto himself <laughs> and then just murders him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty he's pretty intense. I don't know that they knew Toru was going to go was going to turn good at this point in their development of the show. No, it, it, it's just it, it's it's supposed to be cartoonish like big man in a tiny hat. It's like a kind of yeah. Chris Farley moment. <laughs> but it seems so it seems so absurdly like he does take the the one saving grace if Toru's like beats up a bunch of construction workers is like, at least they had their helmets on. Yuck, 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 yuck. Yeah. But uh, they did it because Toru specifically <laughs> takes the helmets off them and then proceeds to beat them into powder. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the opposite of that moment where Jade had to like, you know magically find a helmet next to the discarded skateboard oh, in right the yeah because we don't want to encourage youths to not wear their helmet yeah <laughs> but adult construction workers eh. well we're showing you the perils of not wearing the helmet right well one thing we can encourage youths to do is to watch jackie chan adventures uh mm-hmm. because it's a great you show feel good about and that we... you feel good about the way that you said that yeah, because yeah, we was all enjoyed it. the third time still worth it. <laughs> Look, we're we're all backsliding into episode discussion, and we're never going to leave this circus. The clowns we're trapped are in the circus, locking the door. They're looking um, at us expectantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're burning daylight. If yeah, we're all going <laughs> to leave, we... the chance that if the chance the man by Weedus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, shut oh, the fuck gosh, up, we got a, I love that. I love that second that second song. <laughs> that was it's released so uh, t- only only a few months after Teenage Dirtbag, just so you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> this is in their prime. This is Weedus. Yeah, exactly. Prime. No, this is 2002. Oh, the, the year 2000. Peak that is Weedus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks for listening. Right. David, thank you for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. So glad, so glad we got you back. Appreciate it. Well, we won't wait so long next time. And as always, we're gonna go ahead and see you next Tuesday. Bye.